Today we want to think about the guardrails and the boundaries that we have. As we travel, as we travel on a road trip, we think about guardrails and boundaries. Um, as we travel through life, the same is true. We think about guardrails and boundaries in life. Here's what I want to say to you today. Maybe write this down or keep track of it in your mind, okay? There are wrong way warnings and right way welcomes. Think about that as you travel in a vehicle. Think about that as you travel in life. There are, there are wrong way warnings. There are right way welcomes. Don't go this way. Come this way. There are wrong way warnings. There are right way welcomes. We want to flesh that out a little bit. Let me, let me show you a verse This is from Judges 21, the second part of verse 25. Everyone did as they saw fit. Imagine, imagine if that was the only rule of the road for driving in the United States of America. Everyone did as they saw fit. Some of you are like, you could bump the person next to you and say, those are the only rules you follow, right? We've all driven with people like that, and if you haven't, maybe you're that person. Everyone did as they saw fit. Imagine the only rules for driving in the United States. Um, for, for those in, uh, in Moon, especially for the benefit of you, maybe not in this area in Chippewa, not too far from the church here, and some of you who came to the worship center in Chippewa this morning, you probably came through this intersection. There's kind of a main intersection in Chippewa Township, Route 51 and Shenango Road, right? If you travel in Chippewa Township, you've been through that intersection. Many of us came through it this morning to get to church. Maybe even some from Moon, you've come up this way and you know about that. Um, that's a major intersection in Chippewa. Uh, two weeks ago, it was lunchtime. I left church. I went out at lunchtime. I got to that intersection, and something had happened, and the light, the signal was broken. All right, and you know how busy that intersection is. And so the Shenango Town or the Shenango Roadway, it was a blinking yellow or blinking, blinking red light, and Route 51 was a blinking yellow light. <laughs> Chaos. It was so awesome that I went through it the first time to experience, went to Giant Eagle, came back through it a second time just to, just to have the experience the second time. Um, it, was, it, it got to the point where traffic on Shenango Road would just back up, back up, back up on both sides. And, of course, the, the blinking yellow has the right-of-way, right? And so semis and small animals, everything's just blowing through 51. And then eventually some brave person on Shenango would just be like, I've had enough. I've sat here for an hour. And they would just start this stream of traffic would pull out of Shenango Road. And everyone would follow. And then the, the yellow light would be forced to stop. I experienced it twice. It was awesome. Listen, for PennDOT or whoever it is, that was not an experiment, right? Like no one said, hey, why don't we turn that into blinking red, blinking yellow just to see what happens? That that is not something we do. That is not how that intersection works. It It is chaotic. Everyone did as they saw fit. My my nephew is a church planter. In recent, he's been there about half a year in England. He, he works in a, in a city in the UK called Swindon, right? And so he's learning how to drive on the wrong side of the road. So imagine John, my, my nephew John, when he comes back for his time off the, off the church planning uh, mission field, and he comes back to the U.S. and, and says, you know what, I, I, I'm kind of a UK guy now, and so I've decided when I come back to the U.S., I'm going to drive on the wrong side of the road. Will that work for him? No. Very good, it won't. Right? 
Like, how long will it take for a cop to stop him? And for, what are you doing, man? I was like, well, I'm from the UK, and that's how we drive over there, and I just thought I, that's not going to get him anywhere except in jail or in an accident. Um, when it comes to the rules of the road for driving, no one says this without consequences. I will do this my way. I mean, you might say that, but you'll get a ticket or you'll crash your car. Uh, when it comes to the rules of the road for life, listen, friend, when it comes to the rules of the road for your life, for our lives, no one says without consequences, I will do this my way. Hey, may maybe... Maybe you're here, maybe you're on Moon Campus, maybe you're in response venue today, and God is, God is pointing his finger into your heart right now and saying, that's you. You're walking around saying, I will do this my way. I'm here to tell you, when we, when, when we think about boundaries, when we think about warnings, no one says in life, I will do this my way without consequences. Um, in Proverbs the author writes this, the book of Proverbs in the Bible, there is a way, look at this verse, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. I'll do this my way, okay? Not without consequence. When it comes to the rules of the road, as it were, in life, no one, no one lives without consequences saying, I will do this my way. We're going to think about that this morning. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. You're like, what's a chronicle? That sounds awful. Well, it, maybe you're not real familiar with the Bible. There's not just one. There's two of them. Okay, so 2 Chronicles. And some of us are familiar with the Bible, but if you're not, that's okay. And you're like, I don't even have a Bible. That's all right. There's Bibles provided in the seats or in the venue you're in. And on the screen, you'll be able to see the page numbers so you'll really look like you know what you're doing. And go ahead and turn there, 2 Chronicles 34. That's the chapter we're going to be in. And there's some notes to take in that worship program or on the YouVersion app. Um, that app's available and has some notes there you can take or just listen along. But we're going to look at, us. We're going to, we're going to look at 2 Chronicles and consider together the story of a king who demonstrates what is at stake in the process of wrong-way warnings and right-way welcomes. What's at stake, What's at stake when, when the Bible says wrong-way and when the Bible says right-way? What's at stake in that process? We're going to learn that from the life of a king. Second Chronicles, let me tell you a little bit about it. Second Chronicles, along with two other books, First and Second Kings, these books detail a sometimes sacred and sometimes sordid story of kings who are good and bad. So maybe you're like, holy cow, Second Chronicles sounds so interesting. I'm going to go home and read the whole thing today. Good. That would be awesome. If you do, here's what you'll read about. A good king, a bad king, bad king, bad king, good king, good king, bad king. It just goes like that. Chronicles and Kings, those books are all about these good kings and these bad kings. Narratives within the chapters bounce back and forth like a tennis ball between good and bad. The judgment of God now falls, now relents, now falls again. That's 2 Chronicles. In chapter, 40, in chapter 34, where we want to settle down, Josiah, King Josiah, ascends to the throne as a child king. Eight years old. Imagine that, eight years old. I'm giving you all, all this background so you can find your way to 2 Chronicles 34. But this, this young king, eight years old, this young boy ascends the throne. His name is Josiah. And other than his grandfather, whose name was Hezekiah, Josiah does not have a lot of good role models in his lineage. 
Uh, it would have been easy for him just to keep going the wrong way that marked the abysmal reign of his royal ancestors, all right? His great-grandfather, not a great guy. His great-great-grandfather, not a great guy. And so Josiah could have said as he grew up in, into his kingship, said, I, I'll just keep going the, the way they went. But it would have been easy. would have been real easy. But instead, he heeds wrong way warnings. Listen to me, friend, pathway friend today. This Josiah, man, he heeds wrong way warnings, and it changes everything. Changes everything. Wrong way warnings. One of his initial reforms begins in verse 8, and it is the restoring of the temple. And his increased attention to wrong way warnings and right way welcomes are worth considering together, beginning there. So, 2 Chronicles 34, we want to look really at verses 14 to 33. 14 to 33, I'm going to read that entire context. Can you believe that? Pray for me. There's a lot of weird names in here, all right? But I think it's important for us to do that. 2 Chronicles 34, follow along, verse 14. While they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. Hilkiah said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan. Then Shaphan took the book to the king and reported to him, your officials are doing everything that has been committed to them. They have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the supervisors and the workers. Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahikim the son of Shaphan, Abnon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah, the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant in Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because those who have gone before us have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in this book. Hilkiah and those the king had sent with him went to speak to the prophet Huldah, who was the wife of Shalom, the, uh, Shalom, son of Tokoth, the son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. She said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Tell the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring disaster on this place and its people. All the curses written in the book that has been read in the presence of the king of Judah. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all that their hands have made, my anger will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and his people. And because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. Now I will gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place and on those who live here. So they took her answer back to the king. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by his pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commandments and statutes and decrees with all his heart and all his soul. 
and to obey the words of the covenant written in the book. Then he had everyone in Jerusalem and Benjamin pled that uh, pledge themselves to it. The people of Jerusalem did this in accordance with the covenant of God, the God of their ancestors. Josiah removed all the detestable idols from the territory belonging to the Israelites. And he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. As long as he lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors. The word of the Lord. Amazing. What an amazing story four considerations when it comes to wrong way warnings and right way welcomes from those 19 verses four considerations when it comes to wrong when the bible says wrong way i'm warning you and when god says through the power of his word welcome this is the right way heeding those warnings acknowledging those guardrails four considerations number one is this ignorance Ignorance. Not you're ignorant. Not that. You're ignorant. You're ignorant. You didn't know. The first thing I see in this passage when it comes to wrong way warnings and right way welcomes is this there's ignorance. There's a sense of not knowing. Um, Go back to the text with me for a minute. Did you notice in verses 14 and 15? It says they found the book of the law. That word found, if you read through that chapter again, we, we really read through it quickly, but if you read through it again, that word found appears many times. Found, found, found. And it begins with this. They found the book of the law. What does that mean? It's crazy because here's, here's, a, here's a nation, here's a, here's a kingdom built on acknowledging God, and there was so much apostasy in past kingdoms that they lost the book of the law. One commentator notes this. When it says they found the book of the law, it was probably parts of the Pentateuch, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, okay? First five books of the Bible. It's probably, they had, how do you lose the Bible? When, when your culture and your community is built on loving and serving God, there was so much wickedness in Josiah's ancestry, they lost the book of the law. Its significance just went away. People were ignorant of it. Did you notice it, it said in 14 they found the book of the law, but then in 18 that one guy, like Hilkiah, he comes to the king and he's like, oh, yeah, the, the guys are doing what you said. No, by the way, we, whew, we found this book. It's ignorance. They just have no idea what it is. One writer says it was misplaced during apostate administrations of previous kings. They just, their ignorance was this, they just didn't know. Are you a, we're talking about road trips, are you a light flicker person? Like you flick, isn't that the international symbol for you're doing it wrong and I'm doing it right? 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 I love flicking my lights at people. You're going too slow in the lane. You're doing this wrong, that wrong. I'll flick my lights at you. I'm superior. Um, have, you ever, have you ever been that person who wants to save the world by, by you see that guy who pulls out at nighttime and they forgot to turn their lights on? And you're like, I'm going to save the world and track that person down in my car so that they know to turn their lights on. You're following them, flicking Maybe, that, maybe you don't do that because maybe you're the person with your lights off, right? Oblivious. Like, wow, it's nice out. It's ignorance, right? I didn't know. We've all been there. I didn't know my lights were off. What's that guy flicking his lights at me for? Here's the thing about ignorance, though, and the ignorance here 
there's still accountability, right? Pathway friend, if you're here, and maybe for you, you're just in ignorance. Maybe, maybe you come to Pathway, but it's like, I haven't really pursued the Bible, really haven't pursued Jesus. I just, I don't know. Listen, the wrong way warnings and the right way welcomes of the book of God, the Bible, beckons you in your ignorance and says this, be found. Be found. I love that word found that it is repeated in this text because the Bible loves found stories. The Bible loves found stories. Found stories are gospel stories. They're good news stories. The Bible, Jesus himself loves to tell found stories about lost sheep and lost coins and lost sons. The kingdom of heaven is often compared to lost things that are found and discovered. It's, it's compared to a, to a treasure that was hidden in a field and was found. It's compared to a man who goes on a journey and finds a pearl of great price that was hidden and found. When they find the book of the law, it's a good news story. And if you're here in ignorance this morning, here's what the Bible says about you. You're still accountable, friend. And the Bible says you're lost and you need to be found. And the wrong way warning of God and His Word and the right way welcome is this. Don't remain in your ignorance because you're not unaccountable. You can't just say, I don't know. These people found the book of the law and they were ignorant of what they had discovered. What is this book? And maybe that describes you today. Maybe you've come the pathway. Maybe you continue to come pathway to come the pathway for some good feeling and I love the music and my friend. But really when it comes to Jesus, you're ignorant. The wrong way warning of God and the right way welcome of God calls you out of your ignorance. Psalm 10.4 says, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. Don't be that person. Don't continue in ignorance. The right way welcome beckons you. Be found in your lostness. Be found. Jesus says in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, if you're lost, be found. Don't remain in your ignorance. Because it doesn't mean you're not accountable. Found stories are gospel stories. If you're lost this morning and you're ignorant of who Jesus is, be found. Hey, Christian friend, let me turn to us for a second. Are you, are you a finding person? Because because if, if the message here was the most important thing, the book of the law was found, then as Christians, are we thinking about ourselves as finding people when Christian friend, pathway friend, church member, regular attender here who knows Jesus, when you walk out these doors today, are you going to be a finding person? Is your goal, is your purpose to say, in Jesus, by God's grace, I have been found out of my ignorance. And so I want to be a finding person to the glory of God. Wrong way, warnings, right way, welcomes. Come to Josiah and his people and beckons them out of their ignorance. The wrong way, warning, and right way, welcome 
calls us out of ignorance. Secondly, failure. Failure. Um, turn back to the text with me. Look in verse 21. So I believe the guy's name is Hilkiah. He reads the, hey, your, your majesty, we found this book. And Josiah's like, read me the book. So they read the book to Josiah. Notice, notice the tenderness of Josiah's heart to the things of God. Uh, verse 21, look what Josiah says after hearing this. Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because those who have gone before us have not kept the word of the Lord. They have acted, they have not acted in accordance with all that is in this book. Right away, Josiah realizes this. He has failed. He has failed. His ancestors have failed. And if, if the course is not changed, if the wrong way warning is not heeded, he is in trouble and his people are in trouble. Great is the wrath of the Lord upon us because we have not kept what is in this book that was found failure. A couple things here. I said that in this text, the word found is repeated. Here's another word you could circle a lot of times in this chapter, book. The power of the book. Isn't it amazing? This book, which was discovered out of ignorance, they, they, didn't, they didn't even realize what was lost. But when it, when it found them, it had great power over them. The book of the law was read from, and the Spirit of God comes upon Josiah, and he says, the anger of God is kindled against us. We have, our ancestors have failed, and we have failed to keep what is said in this book. The power of the book. Um... Let me ask you a question when it comes to the power of the book. Who, who, friend, who or what authoritatively addresses the reality of failure in your life? News flash, you're a failure. I'm a failure. Who, who or what has the power to speak authoritatively into your life about failure? Now maybe you're here and you're like, well, that's offensive. I'm doing pretty good. Maybe failure is far away. But likely you're here and failure is right in front of you. It is for me. There are things in this past week I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I let that happen. I can't believe I treated that person that way. I can't believe I had that thought. Right? Some of you, if I were to talk to you personally, you would say, you want to talk about failure? Let's talk about a lifetime of failure, Matt. Let's talk about every relationship I've blown. Let's talk about a habit I cannot overcome. And every week I try harder at the beginning of the week and I come to church and I feel good and I go right back into that thing and I fail. I don't, I don't have to preach at you about that. I don't have to come down on you and tell you you're a failure because I feel it in my own life. But here's the question I have. Who or what should speak authoritatively into that failure? Because Josiah says, for him, it's the power of a book that was found and has in it the words of God. There's power in God's word. And it, it gives us wrong way warnings and right way welcomes. And it comes to us, as it were, a spiritual mirror 
to show us where we have failed. All have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. That's me, that's you, that's everyone. It shows us that failure authoritatively. Are you willing to let it have that power? Power of the book. Notice out of that flows kind of the acknowledgments of have-nots. Look at verse 21 again. Notice as, as young King Josiah allows God to work on him. The end of 21, uh, great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because of those who have gone before us. They, they what? They have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in this book. What, what are the have-nots in your life? If on the back of that worship program you have today, you were to write this, I have not blank, what would you fill into that blank? There's probably not enough room on that worship program, there wouldn't be on mine, to fill in all the blanks of the have-nots. The things that God wants from me, the things that I have not done, the ways I've failed. Failure. Are you a, are you a pocket knife guy or girl? I don't want to discriminate. Maybe, yeah, maybe some of you are like, I got like the holster and everything, man. I was, uh, I was putting some furniture together with my nephew this past week, and uh, we were working on a piece of furniture that was in a cardboard box, and I said to him, his name's Alexander, and I said, hey, Zan, I, do you have a knife? I need to cut this open. Holy cow, he whips out this thing's like a machete. I'm like, dude, where did you get that? You're going to kill yourself. I'm like so proud of that knife. <laughs> right? The Word of God, this is Hebrews, the Word of God is active and alive. It is, notice, it is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It cuts and cures, right? Isn't that what a knife does? Isn't a, isn't a knife great? It, it's a cure for a lot of things. You can open mail with it. You can pick your teeth with it. Come on, right? But it cuts, and it cures, and it cuts. It exposes our failures. The writer of Hebrews says, the word of God cuts and cures. What, friend, has the power to speak authoritatively in your life about failure, about the have-nots? The wrong way warning exposes our failure, our crashing and burning. The sovereign sword, the Bible, exposes this reality. We fail. The right way welcome promises that the only remedy to that failure is through Jesus. So don't ignore the sword that cuts and cures. Friend, if you know there's failure in your life, allow the word of God to speak authoritatively into your failure. A failure that only can be remedied by Jesus Christ. Okay, let me poke on one thing here beyond that. Christian friend, listen up. Maybe you're like, yeah, man, those people who don't know Jesus, they need the Bible. 
How about you? You read your Bible? Am, am, I, am I in the Bible the way I should be? Maybe you're like, well, man, I'm close to God, but I'm just not a reading person. When was the last time you opened your Bible? And what excuse do we have? I mean, there are, there are daily devotional Bibles from everything from vegans to pet owners, right? We have no excuse. This is not the Middle Ages. You can read it. You can listen to it. You can have it read to you. You can read it to somebody else. It's electronic. It's, it's everywhere. We have no excuse. And listen, if, if in failure, a person who doesn't know Jesus needs the Word of God to, to have the power to speak authoritatively into their failure, how much more us? Christian friend, we don't move beyond the Bible. We move deeper into it, right? God forbid. God forbid we would ever get beyond the sword that cuts and cures. You in the Word? Are you allowing it to expose your failures, to speak authoritatively. Third, conviction. Conviction. So, so out of ignorance, they find the book of the law. And Josiah has it read to him and realizes, man, we're accountable in our ignorance. And we failed God. Great is his anger kindled against us. We have failed we have not. And the conviction of God falls because Josiah says to his, to his men, go find somebody who can tell us what to do. And so they go to this woman, this prophetess named Huldah. Two things about conviction. Number one, the voice of God. Notice the voice of God in conviction. Um, because Huldah is the voice of God. Look at verse 23 in the text with me. She said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. She said what God said. They did not go to self-help. They did not go to best leadership strategies. They, did not, they went to someone who said, I will tell you what God tells me. And she was the right person. Friend, let me ask you this. When it comes to what, you, what convicts you in your life, who is the voice? Where are you getting the voice of God? Is it someone who is saying what God says? Do you know that? Have you tested that? What's your basis for that? Where, where do you go to hear the voice of God? These men, these men find a prophetess and man, she is the conscience of a nation. She, th she says to these men, I will tell you what God tells me to tell you. She is the voice of God. Conviction. Where is that conviction coming from in your life? The voice of God, the verdict of God, because notice what she says, verse 25. She says, here's what you can tell the king who sent you. Look at 25, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all that their hands have made, my anger will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. In Acts chapter 2, Peter, who was a direct disciple of Jesus Christ, preaches after Jesus is ascended to crowds of people. Look at Acts 2.37. Look, look how it parallels the text we're reading here. This is what the people did after hearing Peter preach. When the people heard this, they were 
notice, cut to the heart. And they said, brothers, what should we do? I'm going to guess something this morning. I'm going to guess in our venues here in our worship center, there there are some here who are under, listen, under the conviction of God. There is something in your life right now, some sin, some have not, some failure, some way you're defying God, and you're convicted by that. Maybe it's just maybe it's just even in your ignorance you know I need to find out more. And maybe today as the word of God is open to you, you feel the power of conviction and as it were the conscience of a nation like Hulda was is speaking into your life by the spirit of God and saying that needs to change. That's wrong. These these representatives of King Josiah and his administration go to this prophetess and man, she is right on. She says, I will, I am the voice of God to give you the verdict of God. Judgment is coming. Conviction. I wonder, do you feel the conviction of God? Is your heart open to that? Are you soft to that? Willing to let God speak to you with conviction? The voice of God the verdict of God. Hulda, this prophetess, is the conscience of a people. Her wrong way warnings convict. I wonder where is conviction thick in your life? Her right way welcome invites us to be honest with the guilt of our sin before a holy God. Sin that only Jesus can forgive. Conviction. Ignorance doesn't mean we're not accountable. So if you're like, I just don't know, you're accountable. You're accountable to the power of the Word of God, which says we failed before God. And that should convict us. The beautiful part of the story comes at the end because the, the fourth consideration is this, change. Okay, Josiah, what are you going to do with that? Right? Like the people in Acts, brothers, what should we do? That's the right question. Man, if there's one question you should ask today, if you are aware of the failure in your life before God, if God's word has exposed conviction in your life, the question you should ask is this, what should I do? That's really the question Josiah asked, and man, it's a good question. Because change is coming. Notice two things about change for Josiah. Clean this up. That's the first thing that happens. It's interesting to me because it goes from that's not my problem to this is my problem. Um, Look at verse 28 with me. Did you notice this little bit? At the end of Huldah's proclamation, this is the word she gives to Josiah because of the tenderness of heart and humility. She She says to tell him this. I will gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place and on those who live here. How about that? If, listen, is there a little temptation if you're Josiah to be like, okay, I'm going to check out. Listen, what my great-grandfather did is not my problem and what happens in the future that I can't control is not my problem. I'm going to coast through this. That is not my problem. But instead, his attitude goes from that is not my problem to this is my problem. I'm going to clean this up. By the power of God, who we have failed, who has convicted us, I can change. And I will change, and I'm going to clean this up. Remember Zacchaeus 
He was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He comes out of the tree. He's converted by Jesus. He's made new. He follows Jesus. And what's the first thing he says? Oh, I've made a mess. There's no way I can make it right. No, it's how do I make right what's wrong? Uh, Jesus, you changed me. And so I have a mess to clean up. I want to clean this up. Man, if you're here, maybe there's nothing that sounds better to you than I want to clean up this mess I've made. But maybe you have tried over and over again in your own strength. Man, if pathway is anything, it is a place that says down with trying on your own. You need the power of Jesus to change. You cannot do it by yourself. Listen, Josiah wasn't just a gray guy who had it all together. He was a guy who was broken by God and by the book of the law. And it said, you're wrong, you failed. Change in my power. That's what gave him the strength. And that's what will give you the strength this morning if you're here. You failed or you're lost and you're convicted. It will be the power of Jesus to say, I'm going to clean this up. I just love one other part of this where he basically says, come with me. I love in 30 through 33, I've circled how many times the word all appears. He went to all the people with all the words, all his heart, to everyone, and he destroyed all the detestable things, all, all, all. Come with me. Hey, Dad, is it just lukewarm in your home spiritually? Are you just kind of coasting? Are you this rudderless spiritually? Listen, if you would say by the power of Christ, I've failed and I want to change, what would that do to your kids, Dad? Hey, husband, wife, you came, at, you came to church today at war and you're sitting close and dressed nice and it looks good, but there's war in the home. Let me ask you, what if you said, I failed and I'm convicted and by the power of Christ, I can change this and I can clean this up. What would that mean for your marriage? Where in your life right now would it make all the difference to the world and the people around you and the people behind you to say, come with me? This guy, Josiah, who could have said, man, I'm coasting through the rest of my life. Instead, he says, all of you, all of this, all, all, all. It's going to change. It's going to change by the power of God. The wrong way warnings awaken us out of our ignorance, expose us to our failures, and convict us, and change awaits. But how? Well, listen, Josiah's a great guy, but he can't change us, right? He's a great guy. If I had another kid, I'd probably name him Josiah. He's a great guy. But guess what? He's just like me. He's just... He lived a long time ago, but he's like Matt Fry, man. He's a failure. He was convicted by all the wrong things that he did. Josiah, reading this story about Josiah cannot change you. It cannot change me. But Josiah points to the power of change in someone greater than himself and greater than us because that's where our hope is. You see, the story of Josiah is really about someone who's a better Josiah, and his name is Jesus. And when Josiah said, great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us, Jesus said, great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on me for you. When Josiah and when Huldah said, this is what God's going to do to us for our sin, Jesus said, this is what God is going to do to me for your sin. 
When Josiah said, there's no control of the past or the future, Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. When Josiah said, we have to live this way, Jesus said, I am the way. That is our hope to change. A better Josiah. The person and the work of Jesus, the, well, the right way welcome is the way of the cross where Jesus died to call us out of our ignorance to atone for the sins of our failures, to take upon himself the conviction of our sins. You lost? Have you failed? Are you convicted? The greater Josiah, Jesus Christ, died so that you might live. Start there today. Hey, close your eyes with me a second. Look to the Lord. If you're here this morning and God's word has, has cut, remember it cures. And in the quietness of your, heart, of your own heart, maybe you're here and you're sitting in ignorance. Maybe you're here and you're aware of failure. Maybe you're here and you feel the conviction of God. Please don't, please don't run away from that right now. Here's what I would encourage you to do the best way that you know how. Say to God, God, I failed. I know your anger's kindled against my sin. God, I'm convicted by the wrong things that I do. And I want to give that sin to you, to what Jesus did for me on the cross, that he died for those sins in my place. Took my sin. And God, I want you to come into my life and by the power of Christ, I want to change. I want to clean this up. I can't do it myself. I've tried. I want to clean this up, but I need power. I want others to come along. I want to help my family. I want to change. Only in the power of Christ. Ask God in the best way, best way you know how. Invite Jesus into your life today. Listen, I'm going to pray to close this time and you need to continue to talk to God, you do that. But if you prayed that prayer and you say, I've never had that relationship with Jesus and I want to talk to somebody about that, you look me up. Listen, I'm, I'm not hard to find. I'm around here a lot. You look me up. Let's talk about that. You look up Pastor Jeff. You look up a friend who brought you that you know knows Jesus and you tell them that you made that decision. The wrong way warning, the right way welcome of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for a strong young man, Josiah, who was a king that honored you in every way. Lord, we thank you that through the work you did in his life, we can see our way to the greater Josiah, your son Jesus, who died for us. Lord, I pray this morning if there's one who needs you, that your spirit would work in their heart by the power of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name.